It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner. My name is Justin Varnes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of the IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. And uh, with me tonight, as always, uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing tonight, Thomas? I'm doing good, Justin. Good to be with you once again. Yes, sir. So let's uh, let's let's go over this um, debacle of a Thursday night football Ooh. game uh, that just just happened. <laughs> Wow. Where, where, where do we begin? Um, I guess I'll start and, and work this out, <laughs> try and figure this out. I mean, while New England had three sacks in that first half, two of them were mostly quarterback Matt Ryan being indecisive. And when he should have seen the pressure coming and either made a definitive move to escape or thrown the ball away, I mean, he didn't one of these half-step move shake at you know his age and 30 I think he's 36 38 I'm not exactly sure how old he is but old enough to say that you're too slow to be juking these players at this time in in your career and so I wouldn't say that these sacks were New England you know being that good but yes they took advantage of the fact that Matt Ryan was indecisive and and it happened again in in later in the game on the fourth sack where he just, they came up the middle. He held the ball too long. He pulled it back on a, a, a throw that he was going to make that he didn't, and then he got hammered. And he got hammered pretty much all night long. Now, speaking of hammering, Kyle Duggar, this guy is the real deal. I mean, we've talked about him constantly from the summer. This is someone you should target heavily in Dynasty Leagues because in the first half alone, he had five solos. And if it wasn't for the fact that Atlanta's uh, offense was anemic and they, they just couldn't run the ball and they ended up trying to throw it in the second half, Duggar's numbers would have been off the charts. And I, I have to really say that this kid is is the future for this team. Uh, I know Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips are, are playing a major role in sharing time with them, but all three of them are seeing the field quite a bit. Now, Atlanta, on the other, other hand, they're just way too vulnerable off the edge. How many times did we see New England have big games, either from running around the corners or throwing it out in the flats and getting around those edges? Um, Dan Pease simply doesn't have the right personnel uh, as defensive coordinator for Atlanta to run his defensive schemes and, and be reliable and consistent. So meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the Patriots offseason addition of uh, Matt Judon at linebacker and they're re-upping Kyle Van Noy is looking like brilliance, especially Van Noy after the game he had. Now, here's a quick note on Van Noy uh, before we get rolling here on the quick hits. Van Noy is, is not somebody you can count on. And for example, I have him in one of my IDP leagues. And I didn't even think twice about playing him. I didn't play him because normally when I play him, he's he's an average IDP player. Well, tonight he has a huge night and with two sacks and five solos and three assists. And so he had, you know, the pick and the whole nine yards. Well, if you sit here and you, you decide, okay, next week I'm going to play him. Well, you play him next week and get your one solo. <laughs> yeah. And, um, 
Uh, I'm with you in terms of Duggar. Both Duggar and Phillips were usable, but I, Duggar seems to be the one to consistently um, outproduce uh, Phillips. Uh, I agree. You know, uh, Duggar had six solos. Phillips had five tackles, only two of which were solo. Now Phillips did make up for it because he didn't. He did get a um, uh, an interception. Um, whereas uh, Duggar finished with six solos, uh, and they both both had a pass defense. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Duggar's somebody you know that um, Belichick was really excited about when they drafted him. I thought they could use him in a lot of different ways, and that's what they're doing. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, yet again, Foye Luakun uh, continues to outproduce Deion Jones, even though Jones is the bigger name. Luakun had uh, ten total tackles and a sack. Um, and uh, Eric Harris has been somebody who has been more productive uh, lately. You know, uh, he had a pretty solid game. He had five tackles uh, and also had a half a sack, um, which was nice. Uh, and then also AJ uh, AJ Terrell, their their cornerback, continues to get peppered with targets, uh, and that really has has turned out well for for those of us in uh, cornerback heavy leagues. Terrell's somebody we've been been using a lot. Um, all right, let's dive into these uh, to our news and notes. Um, uh, Thomas, before you get us started, I just want to remind everybody that uh, Denver Broncos and the uh, the LA Rams those are the two bye teams, uh, um, bye week teams this week. Um, but outside of that, uh, let's get dive in, let's dive into some news and notes. Well, I'm going to start off with um, Joey Bosa. He was questionable last week after showing up on the injury report on Thursday. He was limited in practice, and then Friday he didn't practice at all. And so there was some question as to whether or not he was going to play. Now, on the Discord board, House of Yards asked if they they should go with Bosa or Chandler Jones. And I responded by saying, and I would say it again, I would go safer in, with a safer bet in Jones due to the fact that Bosa's status is up in the air. It was a four o'clock game, so or excuse me, it it was the late game, depending on where you are in the states. But it was the late game window, and Bosa did play, and he had the better game of three solos and assists and a sack with a QB hit and a forced fumble, whereas Jones only had two solos and a QB hit. Now the quandary here is deciding between a player with upside or a player with a safer bet situation. If you have two players that are in a late game window, like uh, House of Yards did in this game, which I didn't mention, it was a last minute one o'clock situation or it was 12, 15 around that time. And it was a quick response on the board. If you have two players that are in a late game window, wait until the uh, inactives come out before you make your decision. Now, this is important to know because here you're deciding between a player with huge upside and a player with a safe bet. Now, both of them can have huge ups- upsides, but Bosa has been having the higher upside as of late. So this is a situation where you have to wait until the last minute to make a choice. And it's not a one o'clock, four o'clock situation or early game, late game situation that you're trying to decide. If it's two players that are in the late game, wait for the inactives and make your decision from there. Now, a note on Bosa for this week, he was placed on the COVID list this week. We're not hearing yet whether or not he tested positive, if he was a close contact, whether he's vaccinated or he's not vaccinated. He's questionable for the game. He's still on the COVID list and will be another last-minute decision. And the worst part is it's a Sunday night football game. I don't know what the hell to do about Tracy Walker. I I really don't. (laughs) Uh, We thought he was... 
reliable at the beginning of the season, and then he had, uh, and then he, you know, got benched and had a couple of really rough weeks there. Uh, so everybody, you know, kicked him to the curb, and now uh, this last week he had seven solos, and that's given him at least seven tackles in four of his last five games. So he had two brutal performances in week three and four. Other than that, he's actually still a top twenty. Uh, uh, um, uh, a defensive back. The thing about his seven solos this week, and this is fairly, you know, th- this is the case, is that he played 55% of the snaps. So um, I, I, I can't use him in, in, in any, you know, any shallow leagues. Uh, but, man, it's, it's hard to just let that kind of production, uh, you know, uh, sit on your waiver wire or sit on your bench uh, just because of the, of the uh, wildly varying snap counts. Of course, we've been burned by this before. You know, Alex Singleton, uh, you know Daniel Sorensen, some of these players who just you know we know are kind of you know not you know not somebody we can we can fully rely on in terms of their snap counts, uh, and you know all of a sudden they'll have some game where they get benched. So, I'll go back to my uh, our previous statement. I I really don't know what the hell to do with Tracy Walker. Well, speaking of consistency and reliability. Minnesota is going to get Harrison Smith back this week from the COVID list. He was activated. Now, Cameron Bynum um, has had two back-to-back outstanding games uh, in Smith's absence. Now, Bynum is a rookie, and he he's had two huge plays in each of those two games and has earned probably um, some more playing time. Now, Smith, who is unvaccinated, needs to, a negative test um I believe it was yesterday or today to be eligible to play in week 11, even though he was activated. Now it looks like he's going to play. Um, And and that being the case, um, this is a very critical game against the Packers in, um, in their division and to reach 500, they need to, to win this game. So they need the consistency that Smith will bring them. And that's one of the things that they love about this guy. So, A lot of folks out there are wondering whether or not Cameron Bynum is going to be somebody that can be used going forward. Well, Bynum has earned playing time and with these two recent games and flashed value to the coaching staff. So we expect him to be involved, even with Harrison taking uh, the field. Harrison may take some plays off in, in his first game back from the COVID list after missing two games. So, if you're looking to, to if you're desperate and need a a reach at uh, safety, Cameron Bynum's not a bad reach. Uh, I want to shift a, a cornerback. I've been kind of keeping an eye on. That's Legarius Sneed out of Kansas City. Uh, he's somebody that has been. He, he plays. He plays inside and outside. He's playing the slot and he's playing uh, out on the perimeter. Uh, and teams continue to target him. Uh, he's been targeted nine times twice in the last three games. Um, and because of that, uh, he's racked up 26 tackles in his last four games uh, with at least six in each game. So if you if you need a, um, a cornerback uh, or even if you play in a, in a, you know, maybe you start three DBs. I really like Snead. And also I like these kind of, uh, you know, uh, obviously he's no Kenny Moore, who's just, a you know, an elite um uh, option at, at cornerback, but these cornerbacks more often than not will also bring pass defense with you. 
uh, with them uh, at a higher level than your safeties will. So if you play in a, in a league that, that rewards heavily for um, pass defense, then I'm leaning more toward cornerbacks uh, than safeties. But I, I do want somebody with a fairly high tackle floor, and I think that's going to be Sneed. He's been doing that so far. He also has a great matchup this week. He's playing the Cowboys, and they are a top five matchup for defensive backs. I would make a note on Sneed in, in that uh, last week he got dinged um, and only took 79% of the snaps. Um, he's been limited in practice Wednesday and Thursday, but it looks like he's going to be a full go, and I, I totally agree with you. That's a good play. Now, the loss of Chase Young leaves Washington with no legitimate pass rusher, especially after they lost Montez Sweat to the injured reserve as well. But this de- definitely showed this past week in Week 10 as they had no sacks and just one QB hit. Now, yeah, they did have a couple of interceptions, but I think that was more Tom Brady throwing Tom Brady throwing the ball poorly than it was the the team applying pressure to force the turnover. So, if you're looking for big plays out of Washington, it's going to be difficult on a consistent basis with these with Young and Sweat no longer playing for them. Yeah, and with with Sweat and Young out, um, one of the things that we saw toward the end of uh, the game last week. Um, which stands reason. Remember that Washington has a pretty deep defensive line. They've got a bunch of really good interior defenders. Obviously, they have Young and Sweat. Um, but two players I'm looking at carefully, that's Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Both of these guys can play outside. Now, they're not legitimate edge rushers or, or not, you know, kind of the complete package as edge rushers. But um, both of their snap counts were higher than usual last week. Because not only was Sweat out, but um, Young only played 25% of the snaps before he got injured. So I expect to see both of these players uh, have elevated snap counts, you know, more in the 80s as opposed to maybe the 60s or 70s um, uh, percentage-wise we're talking here. But both uh, Payne and Allen not only should have that elevated snap count. They have a great matchup. They're playing the Panthers, who just every single week, can, you know, um, produces a ton of tackles for um, uh, for for defensive linemen. And uh, while they may not put up a whole bunch of pressure in terms of sacks, if you need, you know, if you need three to five tackles from your defensive linemen, I like both of these guys. Uh, the Panthers' tackle crew t- uh, is pretty split between solos and assists. So just be, you know, just keep that in mind that, you know, if, if Payne has, you know, five tackles, it might be, you know, two, two solos and three assists. Uh, or if one of them has six or seven tackles, it might be kind of split evenly there, but in terms of volume, it's going to, it's likely going to be there this week. Now I know we talked about new England in, in their Atlanta game tonight, but I, I want everybody to get a, a good understanding of what's going on there for IDP purposes. Um, Jawan Bentley took in week 10, not tonight, but in week 10, Jawan Bentley took 76% of the snaps. Matt Judon, 68. Uh, Donta Hightower had 63. And Van Noy had 63. And you're looking at Devin McCourty and uh, Adrian Phillips, both of them took 90% and 78%, and they started over Duggar, who took 73%. Now, oddly enough, the guys that I just mentioned, Bentley, Duggar, Hightower, Van Noy, they led the team in total tackles in Week 10. Well, if you look at the numbers tonight, it was Van Noy, Bentley, Hightower, and Duggar once again. And, and 
the numbers are probably going to go up a little bit for snap counts, which we haven't quite gotten to yet. Uh, they have the numbers haven't come in for tonight's game, but Van Noy and Bentley are going to go up a little bit because, as I will mention when I get into the injury report, two of their linebackers were placed on IR. So, but even then, they're not going to be taking the higher number snap counts, and yet they're leading the team in tackles. We've been watching this uh, linebacker situation for the Chargers. Uh, they, you know, Drew Tranquil, uh, Kenneth Murray, who's been hurt, uh, now coming back. Uh, Kaiser White's out there. It does look like um, that White continues to be the the linebacker you want to use. Murray returned this week or last week from IR. They've talked about using him, you know, more off the edge, and, and it won't be complete. But I'll, I'll just say that that even with Murray back in the lineup, White played ninety seven percent of the snaps. He also posted twelve tackles, eight of which were solo. So uh, to me, Mur- you know, I was wondering, I was reticent to use um, White heavily until we got Murray back and kind of figured out how all that was going to shake out. But so far, so good with White. All right, now let's move on to quick hits. These will be a little, little shorter, punchier ones. Uh, Thomas, why don't you get us started? Well, in Buffalo, Tremaine Edmonds was a late scratch last week with a hamstring injury. And A.J. Klein started at middle linebacker, and he took um, – 88% of the snaps while posting seven total tackles, six solos and an assist. He had two tackles for a loss and a PD. I'll, I'll let you know what Edmonds uh, has done in practice this week in my injury report, but keep an eye on Klein. It's nice that uh, if, if you had Edmonds, then you find out he was a, a late scratch. If you had to scramble to, to pick up Klein to throw in there and start him, that at least had a solid game for you. Uh, Jamal Adams, uh, he's been climbing back up. He, you know, he had a, a really kind of you know, lackluster stretch of about four games where he just had between two and six tackles, which is not what you want. Um, and, uh, well, but last couple of games, we're starting to see the Adams that we expected to see. He's had 21 tackles over the last two games, uh, interception, PD, also two quarterback hits. Uh, so Adams is somebody whose arrow might be pointing back up, getting back into the DB1 conversation. I'd like to see a third game uh, of that kind of production uh, before I truly buy in, buy in f- as uh, for Adams being a, uh, a DB1 again. Yeah, and especially with the fact that they're using him more in the box and not using him in pass coverage like they have in the first five or six games. And that's been a huge negative effect on Adams' fantasy production. Now, Darius Leonard on the Colts continues to play through an injured ankle. He missed some, uh, I think it was three plays uh, last week because of this ankle injury, had to go out and get it retaped. And he's been practicing on a limited basis. He doesn't practice early in the week practices on a limited basis, and then full practices by the end of the week, and then gets in the game. It's obviously having an effect on him because this past week he only had six total tackles. Now, some some fantasy owners out there will say six total tackles is, is something I'd be willing to take. Um, it is, but when you're considering that it's Darius Leonard, who is a top three linebacker and, and IDP MVP candidate nearly every year, is somebody who comes in close to double digits every week. Well, then only six total tackles, four solos, and two assists is not something that's going to make you be very happy about it. Now, when Leonard went out, Bobby um, Oker, Oker, okay, 
not Okarike, Okaruke man the middle when Leonard t- took these three plays off. So it, it, Bobby's going to definitely move inside if Leonard does miss any time. Um, Anthony Walker is a uh, linebacker who uh, continues to be uh, under underrated, in my opinion. Uh, he's been rock solid. He's had at least eight tackles in every game but one. Uh, and he's hit the double-digit tackle mark twice in the past past month. Uh, obviously, he missed uh, a chunk of time there, but he, he continues to just put up really solid production. He also has a great matchup this week playing the Lions, who the Lions are the number one uh, option for uh, linebacker fantasy production. So Walker's a good play this week. We've talked about uh, Denzel Perryman being the IDB choice on the Raiders' defense. But Jonathan Abram has been producing of late and is somebody that you can probably rely on, especially against this matchup against the Bengals. Uh, his 10 total tackles, uh, four solos and six assists this past week, they give him 24 total tackles, 14 solos, 10 assists, along with a PD and a fumble recovery in his last three games combined. So Abram is playing well and somebody you can look to on, uh, against the Bengals. Patrick Queen had a nice game against the the Dolphins the other night. Uh, he had five tackles, he had a sack, and a forced fumble. Uh, but before you get too excited about it, he only played fifty two percent of the snaps. He clearly has not um, you know earned the uh, earned the favor of of uh, the the Ravens coaching staff uh, in terms of becoming a, a complete linebacker. It was Josh Bynes who's been a journeyman backup linebacker for for years uh they trust him more and that really says a lot they gave uh binds um 70 of the of the snaps he had four solos and a sack as well at least they both got sacks but four tackles five tackles i don't like using linebackers who can get out tackled by defensive linemen so i don't want either one of these guys i have to agree and i have a situation where i have both of them on my team <laughs> anyways so put them um, together in one, in one spot <laughs> that's the that's trick. rough now, we've talked about T.J. Edwards a lot lately, so let's give Davian Taylor some love here. He took just 69% of the snaps last week, but he posted seven total tackles, and six of them were solos. And he also forced two fumbles, one which led to Darius, Lay, uh, Darius Slay's 83-yard fumble return for TD. So Taylor is getting the confidence of the coaching staff more and more with, with each game that he plays and is somebody to look to at least down the stretch. All right, let's um, let's move on to propping some stuff up these days. You uh, you have anything you want to prop up? Because I do. I want to prop up on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app and an esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive is over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for week for NFL Week 12 and has already awarded over $4 million. Now, our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up, and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store, or by visiving www.thrivefantasy.com. 
You can also tune in to the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. All right, uh, let's move on to some notable injured reserves. Okay, well, before I get going on the injured reserve, I want to make a note about the injured reserve and going for the uh, rest of the season. This is the time of year where the injured reserve really starts to fill up and players just randomly out of nowhere get thrown on injured reserve. Teams are either out of the playoff hunt and are evaluating talent, and if somebody is dinged up, they just say, to hell with it, we're going to shut them down, pardon my language. But they, they shut <gasps> them down for the season. And, and this is going to get more frequent as we move along towards um, game, you know, week 12 and 13 and 14. And, and when you get to week 14 and 15, there's just – if anybody is dinged and, and banged up, you have to be careful because they could end up on injured reserve at the blink of an eye. So now injured reserves for this week. Defensive end, Randy Gregory from Dallas, calf injury, put on IR, out for a minimum of three weeks. I had mentioned defensive end Montez Sweat with a non-displaced fractured jaw and also Chase Young from Washington with a torn ACL. Sweat is out for a minimum of three weeks. Young is done for the season. Linebacker Steve Means on Atlanta, knee injury, put him on IR, three weeks at minimum. Linebacker uh, Whitney Marcellus from Green Bay, biceps injury, and we don't know if it's a torn or not, but they say he's done for the year. Linebacker Jamie Collins, New England, and linebacker um, Josh Uche on New England, both with ankle injuries, both out a minimum three weeks. Safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, New Orleans, turf toe, out three weeks as he goes on IR. Also going on IR, these next three players are out a minimum of three weeks. Cornerback Brandon Eccles from the New York Jets with a thigh injury. Cornerback Richard Sherman on Tampa Bay re-injured his calf. And safety Dane Krushank from Tennessee with a knee injury. Now, notable inactives from Week 10. We had mentioned Tremaine Edmonds on Buffalo with a hamstring sat out last week. Well, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday and is looking really iffy again. So if you've got Klein, keep him or go get him. Linebacker Khalil Mack on Chicago sat out his last game week. Um, it was week nine with a uh, foot injury. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Linebacker Danny Trevathan on Chicago with a knee injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Linebacker Alec Ogletree on Chicago sat out week nine with an ankle injury, limited Wednesday, full practice Thursday. Linebacker Trey Flowers on Detroit with a knee injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Linebacker Nick Witkowski on Las Vegas, ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Linebacker Anthony Barr, Minnesota, knee injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Have to keep an eye on his Friday practice status. Linebacker David Long Jr. from Tennessee, hamstring injury kept him out last week, did not practice this week so far. Linebacker Rashawn Evans on Tennessee with an ankle injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, safety Eddie Jackson, Chicago, hamstring injury kept him out in his last game, did not practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited practice on Thursday. Cornerback Greedy Williams on Cleveland, shoulder injury kept him out. Full practice Wednesday and Thursday. Looks like he's going to be a go. Cornerback Xavier Rhodes on Indianapolis, calf injury, limited Wednesday and Thursday. Cornerback Michael Davis on Los Angeles Chargers, hamstring injury sat out last week. Limited Wednesday, full practice Thursday. He's probably a go. Cornerback Greg Maben on Tennessee with an ankle injury was limited Wednesday and Thursday this week. 
Uh, other notable injuries in, in COVID lists, um, defensive end Akeem Hicks on Chicago, ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Defensive tackle Linville Joseph on the Chargers, shoulder injury, did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Defensive tackle Vita Vey on Tampa Bay has a slight bone bruise and MCL sprain. Sprain did not practice Thursday, has a Monday night game, but it looks like he's going to miss a couple of games. Linebacker Rashawn Gary on Green Bay hyperextended his elbow last week, will wear a brace in Sunday's matchup. Limited Wednesday and Thursday, it looks like he's a go for Sunday with a brace on his elbow. Linebacker Miles Jack on Jacksonville is dealing with a knee injury. Now, he doesn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday like he did last week, and then he practices on Friday and shows up game time. So if he, you definitely have to keep an eye on his practice status on Friday and make sure he's at least limited, if not full practice. Linebacker TJ Watt on Pittsburgh has a knee and a hip injury. Um, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Status is up in the air. Linebacker Bud Dupree in Tennessee abdomen injury did not practice Wednesday or Thursday safety Buda Baker on Arizona has a heel injury was limited on Wednesday and then didn't practice Thursday so you have to pay close attention to his Friday status cornerback Troy Hill on Cleveland cervical neck sprain did not practice Wednesday or Thursday cornerback Stefan Gilmore in Carolina dislocated his finger last week but has been a full practice uh, Wednesday and Thursday will probably have some kind of a club cast on his hand Safety Tracy Walker, you had mentioned earlier on Detroit. Well, if you've had any questions about not playing him, he's he had a concussion last week, has been limited Wednesday and Thursday, may or may not play this week. Uh, I, I That's just a red flag for me on top of what you mentioned earlier. Cornerback Joe Hayden on Pittsburgh, foot injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Kendall Fuller on Washington has a knee injury. Did not practice Wednesday, limited on Thursday. He's questionable. Now, COVID list, uh, defensive tackle Star Lotolele on uh, Buffalo was placed on the COVID list, and he's questionable for this week. Safety Harrison Smith on Minnesota was activated from the COVID list, has missed two straight games. He's expected to play as long as he he has a negative test. And then safety Minka Fitzpatrick on Pittsburgh played in week 10 and then was placed on the reserve COVID list on Monday. He's doubtful for week 11. All right, we're going to take a short pause, pay a few bills, and listen to the the dulcet tones of Mr. Ben Kukanis. All right, as always, we're going to wrap up with a, a Discord question from our uh, faithful Discord uh, users on the Fantasy Points uh, um, site. Uh, if you are a premium subscriber, you get access to our Discord uh, channels. It includes, obviously, IDP, but every other offensive side of the ball, uh, player props, you name it. You get one-on-one contact with with everyone who works at the Fantasy Points um at Fantasy Points headquarters, uh, obviously Thomas and I troll the uh, the IDP ones. We also get some defensive uh, streamer questions in there as well. Uh, uh, we're going to go with Old Faithful this week. Uh, Vicus07 asks, <laughs> I need three of the four of these players. Jonathan Abram, Harrison Smith, David Long slash Jayon Brown, depending on uh, David Long's injury, or Demario Davis. Uh, Thomas, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, let's start with 
with the obvious. David Long did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, is looking really iffy. So I would be going with Jayon Brown over Long. Even with Rashawn Evans getting closer to returning, I still would go with Jayon Brown uh, over Long, especially if Long doesn't pl- uh, practice on Friday. Now, Harrison Smith, there's an intriguing situation there because he's a re- uh, consistent and reliable option for the Vikings in a very crucial game. But he may not take 100% of the snaps in this critical divisional outing. So you have to be very careful, especially with the, the way Cameron Bynum is in playing. They can use Bynum to give Smith relief and maybe keep Smith's snap count down a little bit. So I, I'm a little bit sh- gun-shy on Smith this week only because of the fact this is the first game back from missing two games. I'd be tempted to lean towards... Jonathan Abram, as I mentioned earlier, who has been really hot in those last three games. Brown, for the obvious reasons of Long being out, and I I still don't think that Rashawn Evans, even if he plays, is not going to play 100% of the snaps. And Demario Davis, who's just, as we mentioned in last week's podcast, is just very consistent. Yeah, and uh, I know we've mentioned this on previous podcasts for those, of, but for those of you who might not have heard that, uh, this also goes, uh, you know, with your own philosophies as, um, as 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 fantasy players. This is if it were just as easy as um, you know, plug in the, the the player who has the best chance, you know, who who, who is expected to have the the, the best uh, score then everybody would just look at the projections and plug it in and, and go. But that's not really how it works. There's there's lots of different ways you can go at this. And Vicus07, again, because they're on the Discord board, we've had multiple conversations. We have a pretty good sense of how some of the, some of the IDP uh, fantasy managers over at Fantasy Points, uh, the subscriber, subscribers, that is, we have a good sense of how some of them like to play. And for Vegas zero seven, they want consistency. They want it. They want, you know, give me Reliability. at least five tackles. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it would be great to have twelve. But what I don't want is one assist and 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 you know one solo and two assists. So, um, because of that, that does make the the David Long Jayon Brown thing kind of up in the air. What if Long gets a limited practice in and then he's active for the game? Does does he play 100% of the snaps? Does he play 40%, which means Brown only plays 60? That can be a mess unless it's crystal clear. Um, now, Davis is has absolutely been consistent, which is nice. The only thing about Davis is that he hasn't been consistently high. He's just been consistently six to eight tackles. But um, uh, So I'm totally with you on Abram. I think Abram is, is, is kind of the slam dunk. Uh, and then it kind of really come, you know, comes down to what we find out from Long. Um, so let's say this: Abram and Davis are are the locks. Then it would boil down to if there's any question about whether or not it, uh, Long may be active, and then it gets a little, conf- you know, confusing about Brown. You may want to lean towards Smith. Yes. Um, but. If we get, you know, if if Long continues to not practice, I would absolutely go Brown. And in general, and I know you agree with this, Thomas, it's always better in these sorts of situations to lean on the linebackers more than the than the defensive backs because yes. the linebackers just consistently are are um, in front of the action. They are closer to the line of the scrimmage. They just, you know, across the board, you know, no matter how you look at it. They they put up consistently higher tackle numbers uh, than most safeties, and they usually don't have the swing. So when in doubt, lean on your linebackers. 
years. You know, and, and with with Harrison Smith, you if he plays 100% of the snaps, he's going to get you 8 to 10 total tackles. But we don't know if he's going to play 100% of the snaps, especially with the fact that the rookie Cameron Bynum has been playing so well in his absence. So they may feel comfortable putting Bynum out there to give Smith some relief and some uh, breathers, so to speak. So there's a... there's that whole bit about, okay, what's the safer bet here? Is it safer to go with Brown over Smith? Well, if David Long is out, yes. If if Rashawn Evans is out, oh, definitely. I'd go Brown over Smith because then you know that Brown's going to probably play 100% of the snaps. Now, if Evans is playing, Brown may play close to 100% of the snaps, but now he's going to be in the territory of, of Harrison Smith. So, you got a juggling act there between Harrison Smith and Jayon Brown, and a lot of that's going to depend on whether or not David Long plays, which I don't think he will. And then there's Rashawn Evans also involved in, in this. I wouldn't worry about Monty Rice cutting into Jayon Brown, but I would worry about Cameron Bynum cutting into Harrison Smith. All right, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this yeah. week's podcast. Hope you guys have enjoyed so- um question yeah. or, or comment for everybody out there regarding next week justin and i um because of the holiday because of thanksgiving being on thursday uh i'm working in an nhl in nhl game on wednesday so we're not going to be able to do a podcast wednesday or thursday we're going to try and get it in on friday yeah so um uh now thursday has uh several you know obviously we, we have three football games on thursday so um but the goal is to get this in fr- Friday early, um, and then uh, once it's in the hopefully in get the it basement. posted. Yep. Yeah. And so, you also with with the bye weeks, it's I believe Arizona and Kansas City next week, plus the six teams that'll play on Thursday. So there's eight teams that will have already either played or are off when we get to the the podcast. There it is. So yeah. So we so slightly. Slightly different podcast next week, and then we'll get things right back on track after that. But uh, so for uh, Thomas Simons, again, my name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at Down with IDP. Uh, if you're enjoying this, please consider subscribing to FantasyPoints.com. Lots of great information over there. Uh, for for Thomas, uh, we're gonna sign off. And um, what you got for us? Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.